tell them a story. I think that's a bit of a simplification, but how are things changing? Who does that benefit? Who does that not benefit? And how do you get into the area of change that's better, safe, and grown? Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, when we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record. But we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's uh, brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we built a relationship with him in Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals and People who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor but don't have that track record, quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got, and assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors, uh, all you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And first off, I hope you're having a best ever weekend. Because it's Saturday, we got a special segment called Situation Saturday, and we got a returning guest, Oren Claff. How you doing, Oren? Joe, I'm doing well, and I'd like to spend the remainder of the call talking about my feelings. <laughs> I'm sure that would be entertaining, even if we went that direction. But we're going to take it a slightly different approach. We're going to talk about your book. How about that? We're going to talk about the user's guide to power. I thoroughly enjoyed our first conversation. That was over 1,000 episodes ago. It was episode 425. We're at like episode 1,500 or something now. And you talked about your last book, Pitch Anything. I was obsessed with it and still am. I highly recommend it to a lot of the people who I come across. And 
you got a new book out. It's The User's Guide to Power. What's that all about? It's not quite out yet. So it is going to be out at the beginning of the year with portfolio. If you'd like to pitch anything, then step aside, let the man come through. So I learned a lot about writing. A lot of things have developed in a million copies or something like that. Pitch anything are in circulation. It's in two different dialects of Chinese, Japanese, Russian, French, Italian, you know, whatever. So that was a worldwide phenomenon. And now sort of I had to follow up with some other things that we really see going on in real estate whenever you're out presenting and pitching to someone. And so the quick review, obviously, on Pitch Anything was that information goes not from your mouth, your neocortex, the smart, linguistic, capable part of your mind into the smart, linguistic, capable mind of the other person. We talked about that last time, right? It just goes into the crocodile brain of the other person. And that brain does not understand ROI, IRR, and fund development and real estate economics and rising interest rates or anything of that. The crocodile brain only understands, hey, somebody's talking, somebody's moving. I see something happening. What should I do? Is this something I should eat? Is this something I should mate with? Is this something I should kill? So there's a huge disconnect in what you're trying to explain to someone and what they're actually hearing. And then the user's guide to power goes further beyond the fundamentals of pitch ending to think about how to communicate something to someone so they understand it, appreciate it, want it, and come over to your side and buy it. So Joe, what are you seeing out there? What are the number one problems that people are having today that you think they need to overcome? Communication, influence, pitching, that kind of thing. I would say with social media, it tends to be about me, 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 and not about the customer. So it tends to be a lot of beating the chest and not a lot of talking about what is most interesting to the recipients. Yeah. So we have a whole chapter on be compelling. And some of the things in that is really the word is context. So people come in and they say, hey, I'd like to sell you this. I'd like you to invest in my real estate. I'd like to give you this 6.5% current pay with a 20% IRR or I'd like to provide you 12% hard money or anything like that. Is that the language of the people of your podcast? Am I, am I yeah, right that's direction? language. You got it. Okay. So we got the lingua franca of real estate and finance, right? But the sense is how well do you really know the world of the buyer? So I like to think about how can you put what you're selling in context of their understanding? How do they appreciate that this isn't just a cold call, that this isn't just a package sale. You're just not trying to move some product. You're not just looking for an investor. How do they know that you understand what they're looking for and that you really understand the topic? So Mm -hmm. when you provide context, then you're compelling to someone. Context is not, hey, I have a multifamily in infill Houston that's got a 4% current pay. We're going to improve it, get it up to a 8% current pay over three years, and then exit at a seven cap assumption for a 20% IRR. That's information, mm-hmm. but it's not compelling. Okay. Compelling or context, or is that the same thing? It's the same thing. So when you can put things in context of what is happening today, where things are likely to go, where are the danger areas, where are the green fields, and why? 
and you can put that in context in a way that is impartial and doesn't totally 100% just support your position, the things you're selling, then that starts to become compelling. So will you go through an example for just to bring this full circle? Sure. In the last three years, you could buy multifamily in Wichita, in downtown Manhattan, on the Canadian border, at basically underwater, 300 feet off the coast of California. And you get a 6% current pay, a 12% ROI, and a 20% IRR. But if you look forward, what's the interest rates are going up. Sellers are slowing down the pace of selling. Inventory is increasing. It's no longer the case that every multifamily asset is going to do well. When we look at the country, here's what we see changing and where the red flag areas are and what is still green and what looks emerging that's super interesting. So we think that if you work a little harder and you focus on the areas where it's getting super interesting, even though they're not obvious, you can do really well. Do we have those? Maybe. Sometimes we'd like to get them. But I think it's first best to understand the best thing to go for. And then we can take a look at if we have it or not. So people find it compelling when you can step back and be that third-party impartial advisor or provide them information that is not 100% necessarily in your favor. Mm -hmm. So you tell them a story. Tell them a story. I think that's a bit of a simplification, but how are things changing? Who does that benefit? Who does that not benefit? And how do you get into the area of change that's better, safe, and growing? Mm -hmm. What's changing? Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Everybody finds that person compelling. If you go to any Fortune 500 company, who's the most important person in the company? Eh, CEO, maybe. You know, lead designer, engineer, maybe. I think sales manager, vice president of sales, probably, maybe. But if you drill down, it's the guy who knows what sales are going to be at the end of the quarter. The CEO, the COO, the CFO, VP of sales all want to hang around with that guy, right? He's <laughs> compelling to be around. And by the way, the guy who knows what sales are going to be accurately at the end of the first half or third quarter at the end of the year, that guy who knows what is going to happen most likely in the future and why is the most interesting, compelling, desirable, wannabe hung around person in the entire company. Got it. That's helpful because as real estate investors, we're likely looking for partners. It just lends itself for partnering up and we want to be able to attract partners, whether we're fix and flippers or multifamily investors, storage units, whatever. So the components for having that compelling context would be what I wrote down when you were talking was how are things changing who will win, who will lose, and what we'll do. Did I capture that accurately? Yeah. So how are things changing? Right. What are the elements that are actually changing in a real way? Interpret those. So here's the facts. Here's the interpretation of the facts. And then project how that is going to affect people like the buyer. Think about a blood test or a genetic. Have you done one of these genetic tests at 23andMe or Pathway or something like that? I tried, but I didn't give enough spit. The results were inconclusive. Okay. Well, let me get my little boy over to your house. He can spit like nine <laughs> feet. Like hit you in the side of the head with a four-year-old <laughs> thing of scuba spit. Anyway, enough of that. So I worked in one of those companies. I worked for them, helped them. I own stock in or equity in one of them. 
So when you get the genetic data, that's not what's actually valuable. It's the interpretation. What diseases are you likely to get? Of the diseases that you're likely to get, what would be the preventative courses of action? And if you do get that disease, what is most likely to be the treatment that will work for you? That's what's valuable, not the genetic data. Yeah, because you're taking action on the data. Right. So that is, to me, what is changing? Why is that change important? And then what should you do? Because I think what happens is when we see real estate proposals, it's here's what we have, and this is what you should do, invest. And it's ignorant. That route misses the whole step of what's changing. How well do you understand that change? And how well are you able to interpret what's happening in the world for me, the buyer, the investor? So I think if I could see guys doing that route more often, I think they'd be closing a lot more equity. Debt is another thing. Equity is a thing we all care about. And they'd be able to put their hands on a lot more equity if they could put it in context of change. You've overseen over $500 million of investor capital from high net worth individuals. You've been busy because last time we talked a thousand episodes ago, it was 400 million. So congrats on that increase. With that experience, what is a scenario that you can think back on that did not follow what you just outlined and what were the results? Sure. So here's one that you could definitely run into. We worked on an investment with a, it's hard to name names, but a billionaire in Southern California. So he has lawyers and he has analysts and he has an account at McKinsey and it's hard to tell him in context of what's changing, something he doesn't already know or something he believes in. It's just difficult for him to believe that we have better information than he does because he knows change is important and he's buying it. So we couldn't really lever that kind of expert frame against the power frame. So I think the next thing is what I see a lot of people doing is explaining what we're going to do, how we're going to manage the money, how our third party is going to operate, answering question after question. And in that case, the way we got it to work is just saying we're the best at what we do. Our track record stands for itself. We do third-party management as well as can be done. We have a history of returning to 6% current pay. We've exited multiple assets at north of 16% IRR. We do this better than anyone else. And this asset is in an area that we've invested in before. That's what we do. And that's what it is. Question reduction on fees, all kinds. Of, no, that's what it is. I'm going to put all my stuff in my briefcase and leave. So the next thing, and one of the things I'm writing about in the book is stick to your gun. When you stick to your guns for somebody who has that power frame, somebody who's very powerful, they find that as compelling. What they don't like is to see your character shifting every time they put pressure on you. First, you're the nice guy. Then you're the shamwow guy. Then you're the angel. Hey, well, so what do you think? Is this something you'd be interested in? Then objections come out and you're the wolf or you're the sorcerer trying to spin all this information together. You're the storyteller. Guys in that powerful position with that power frame don't like to see you go through six or seven different character types reacting to the pressure they're putting on you. So I guess the next thing I would say is stick to your guns theory. You don't have to explain everything. You don't have to justify every assumption. You don't have to answer every question and chase down rabbit holes. This is what we have. This is the way we do it. This is our track record. We're the best at it. Here's why. In or out. 
stick to your guns. So in that scenario, because he had access to what's changing and the interpretation of those changes, you did take the information route versus the compelling context route. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, I think that's right. When somebody really understands this stuff as well as it can be understood. So maybe I'll summarize it like this. When you have a power frame, the other guy across the table is very capable of understanding what you have. Don't try and teach. Don't try and educate. Don't try and drill down into the numbers and be reactive to everything they're saying. Tell them, this is what we do. Again, we're great at it. There's no argument online from our references in our third-party reports, in our fact-right report, in our MIC report, whatever it is. That's what it is. That's what we're doing. And that's what we're going forward with. If you'd like to participate, something we'd consider, of course, we need to know more about you before we just take a check. Mm -hmm. Anything else that we haven't talked about as it relates to the user's guide to power, your new book that's coming out that you want to mention? So I think I might mention quickly in a few minutes we have left this idea of plain vanilla. So everybody with a deal tries to contextualize it as sexy, exciting, all kinds of new things associated with it. This happens more in tech. This happens more with developments, not as much in terms of rehab or repositioning. But still, the reason people want to characterize things as new, sexy, different way, different kind of operating model, different kind of fintech platform, different kind of lender, different kind of capital stack with the crowdfunding equity, it attracts attention. You know that. You have a podcast, right? Things that are new attract people's attention. But I think the deals that get done are the plain vanilla deals that have one thing that are far improved from sort of the last way of doing it. So there's lots and lots of examples of that. You know, we did a deal in Hawaii that was a retail asset. And it was really confusing to understand until we positioned it as this is just like every other outdoor mall that you would find in Southern California, that you would find in resort areas. But it's 68 small retailers in booths for an authentic Chinese marketplace. So we just made the one thing, the Chinese marketplace, the new interesting thing, and everything else seem like a basic find anywhere in Southern California kind of mall, mm-hmm. which there were lots and lots and lots of interesting, exciting, different things about it because it's in downtown Honolulu, but that wasn't working. We characterized it as one thing being different, then we sold out of it very quickly. How can the best ever listeners learn more about your books and what you got going on? If you head over to pitchanything.com and put in your name, we give a lot of material out more than certainly we should. I got to get the web guys to go in there and <laughs> take stuff down. Well, cause I set it up years ago when you started, when I started, the thing was give as much as you can away. People will love you. Well, today we give away too much. So anyway, head over to pitchanything.com, put in your name. We'll help you get a lot of very useful stuff. I grew up in the real estate business. So most of my examples are in and around real estate equity couple themes. One, have compelling context for the people you communicate with and you boil it down to what's changing, why is that important, and what should you do as speaking to whoever you're speaking to, the audience. And then in some cases, when there is an individual who has, as you say, when you have a power frame and if you need more information on how that's defined, then go check out Oren's book, Pitch Anything. He talks about that. You don't want to teach that individual. You don't want to educate them or try to educate them. you got to know your audience. And then lastly, 
the plain vanilla approach where deals are significantly better in one area focusing on that it reminds me of a quote that tim ferris mentions where you want to be different before trying to be incrementally better that's much better i might have misquoted him but that's basically the gist of what he said so really interesting stuff enjoyed our conversation again we will talk 1,000 days from now. seems like we talk every 1,000 days. So looking forward to your third book. But before you get to the third, everyone definitely check out The User's Guide to Power once it releases. So thanks again for being on the show, Oren. Hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, cool. Thanks, Joe. Let's make it 500 half days or something. <laughs> Sounds good. Or nine women have a baby in a month or whatever <laughs> the real estate is. And don't try and teach people what you do. The more you teach the less they're going to buy. That's for sure. Okay, Joe, I will talk to you soon. Maybe I'll have you on my podcast if I can get one started. All right. Sounds great. Talk to you later. All right. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. Do you buy property worth over a million dollars? And are you missing huge income tax benefits? Cost segregation is one of the methods I use myself to lower taxes on our properties and increase the cash flow. Call Yona Wise with Madison Specs at 7 three two three 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 one four seven seven.